Good morning, my name is Leanne, and I'll be reading our scripture verse today. It is from 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verses 41 to 50. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. I can't keep living like this. My life is spinning out of control. I need to stop drinking, and I can't do it myself. I can't do it alone. Maybe I need to go back to the support group. You failed last time. I know. But maybe I'm ready now. You can't show your face at those meetings. You used to be such a know-it-all, acting like you had it all together and knew what you were talking about. You were such a phony. I can't keep living like this. Maybe I'm ready. Maybe I'm really ready now. Why would it work this time? Nobody even there is going to like you. Good morning. <laughs> my name is Hillary, and this, since 2016, my daughter and I have been attending restoration on a regular basis. Um, on Wednesday nights, the middle school and the high school kids are pretty cool about letting me come on, come and hang out with them. And I am a very grateful member of the Tuesday night prayer group. Uh, though you guys did that skit really well, I'm over here tearing up and I'm lifted. <laughs> um, that was just a little glimpse of the conversations that I was having with myself about eight and a half years ago, um, how shame was coming in to, to attack me when I was thinking about reaching out for help again with my alcoholism. And um, had I not fought that shame, I don't know if I'd be alive today. I'm 100% sure I would not be up this early on a Sunday morning, <laughs> showered and like prepared to do something. <laughs> um, and that was even before I had a relationship with God. 
Um, I wasn't sure if there was a God, but I thought if there was one, he didn't probably care about me. Um, but I know much better now, and the way I fight shame looks a lot different. So your shame story might not involve alcoholism or addiction, but you do have a shame story because we all do. Shame comes at us like Goliath. Goliath looked scary. He had big scary weapons. He was shouting threats. Um, he had a sword and a javelin, which to me is kind of excessive. <laughs> um, so the scene with David and Goliath looked very unmatched. You've got this young shepherd boy, he's got no armor, no shield, no sword, and this big giant who was like uber ready for battle. He's ready to rock. Um, but that is what God asks us to do, is to step out as we are, naked and unashamed, and face the battle. So again, it looked really unmatched, but David knows better. He knows he doesn't need to be prepared for battle in the same way that David is prepared or that Goliath is prepared. I love David's response in um, verse 45. He says, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. David knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he knows God has a plan on his life. So David, at this point, has already been anointed as king. He might be scared, I'm not sure, but he faced his enemy. And like Leanne talked about, um, David shows up with what he has, trusting God boldly to do the rest. And I think that's what we need to do when it comes to shame. We don't have to squash it on our own, just like David didn't have to kill Goliath on his own. I want to fight like David. David can see God in the midst of Goliath. He sees through the threats that are being um, yelled at him. And instead of keeping my focus on shame and the lies it's throwing at me, I want to be able to focus on the Lord of Heaven's armies. He will win the battle for me, but I do have to show up. So today, we are going to talk about what it looks like to show up with a slingshot and the Lord of Heaven's armies. So first of all, I do think it's smart to size up your enemy. David's enemy in this case was Goliath, ours is shame. And they have a lot of things in common. So both will try to prevent the battle before it even starts. So Goliath is sitting there intimidating the Israelite army. Um, and it's worked. I really want to point out, it has worked for 40 days. You have a whole army of warriors and nobody has stepped out to face them. Shame can do the same thing. It tries to make me feel like what it's telling me is the truth and don't even question it. It doesn't even want me to come into battle with it. Both shame and Goliath in this way are very powerful. So Goliath's power lies in keeping the um, narrative down here, this whole idea of you're little, I'm small, or you're small, I'm big. And shame can do the same thing. It can, it can keep us from stepping out, like why bother? I'm not going to be good at it. So it's keeping us from even trying. That is a lot of power that we're giving shame. Shame and Goliath both attack our identities. So with Goliath, he's wanting David to just focus on the, the point that he's just a small little shepherd boy. And with 
um, shame. It can be different for all of us, but it's it can be things like you're a failure. You're not good enough. And that is really dangerous because our power lies in our identity in Christ, and shame is threatening that. Shame and Goliath will also try to keep us distant from God. So Goliath was trying to keep David on focusing on what's right here, me being bigger than you, I've got all this gear. And um, shame will do that in trying to get me to just have my focus on the shame and the bad and just looking at this pile of gig right here instead of looking up to God. And then another way that shame can try to keep me distant from God is um, by making me feel unworthy to be in his presence. And lastly, shame and Goliath both attempt to single us out, to pull us away from our pack. So Goliath was trying to lure out one person to fight him and leave their community behind. And in a similar way, um, shame will tell us the lies that make us feel bad, but then there's also a lot of times on top of that, you can't go to anybody about this. Oh gosh, don't let anybody know that you feel that way. So now that we know how... um, awful shame can be. Let's talk about battling it. It'd be a bummer to stop there, right? Like Shame, shame is horrible. Have a good day. Um, <laughs> luckily, we do have some weapons at our disposal. And the first one that I propose is the word. Renewing our, our mind with the word of God is powerful. And the most simple way we can just get into the word be reading the Bible. Ephesians 6.17 says, Put on salvation as your helmet, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, in these verses, Paul is talking to us about the armor of God, and he gives us different pieces. There's the helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace, but the only weapon he gives us is the sword, and it's the word of God. It is powerful. We win battles with the word. Reading it, knowing it, Asking God to store it in our hearts and minds for later when we need it, there's power there. Another thing we can do with the word is speak it over our lives. So Jesus did this in the wilderness when he was being tempted by the devil. He didn't engage in conversation. He just responded, matter of fact, with the word. And the devil fleed. I love speaking the word out loud. I do it all the time. Um, another thing that I'll do sometimes is not necessarily quoting scripture exactly, but I will think about a Bible story and what it means for my life. So if I'm getting caught up in well, what are people going to think about me, um, I like to think of Luke 7 with the immoral woman, is what my um, version of the Bible calls her. And she comes in and she's crying at Jesus' feet and she's anointing him with expensive perfume. And the Pharisees are like, Oh, Jesus, if you knew where she had been, you would not be letting her even touch your feet. And Jesus isn't like, oh my gosh, tell me more. Um, He doesn't even question her about it. He loves her. He forgives her for her sins and tells her she's saved by faith. And I use that to remind myself that it doesn't matter what other people think of me, and nobody's going to talk Jesus out of loving me. So here's some of the um, key scriptures that I like to go to in battle against shame. Um, 1 John 1.9 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. 
And Psalms 103.12 says, He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. So those two really come in handy when my shame is rooted in some a sin that I committed. So it's just a reminder that, okay, if I haven't repented and asked for forgiveness, do that. But then once I do that, we're done. No shame anymore about it. Um, Galatians 4, 6 reads, And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Man, that's telling me that I am a daughter of the Most High. And every time I say that out loud, I just kind of stand up straighter. That's right. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 reads, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And that's a big one when the shame tries to come at me about my past. I'm a new person now. So the second weapon that I use for against shame is to continue the conversation with God. I love how Rob talked about how Eve had a conversation with the serpent about God rather than with God. And I think we really do need to do our best to keep a conversation going with God, even if shame is making that hard. I can feel like I'm not worthy of going to God, or like sometimes I'll be scared of what he's going to think. Like he doesn't know until I tell him. (laughs) There's something about getting over that hump. But Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So we get to go before God. I also um, have specific things that I'll pray. And so one of the things that I'll go to in prayer is, Lord, show me where I need, are you convicting me here? Is there sin that I need to repent of? Is there something, is there a mess I need to clean up? Please show me. Um, And I do, I think this is a good time to mention too that I'm not insinuating that all shame comes from sin. Absolutely does not. We take on shame for things that we had nothing to to do with that are not our fault. But I don't think we should gloss over the fact that sometimes the root is sin and we do have something we need to do. Um, So then on that note, sometimes I'm praying, just please give me discernment to see where the lies are and to see, to pull out what is the truth, what are your truths in this situation, Lord? The third weapon that we can use against shame is community. We open up to our community. Shame really wants us to isolate. So the just reaching out to somebody and opening up the conversation, we've already taken the power back. And we already have a little bit of victory in that area. Don't allow shame to live in secret. A lot of times, it just kind of takes getting on the phone for me and starting to talk it out. Like, I don't even necessarily need counsel back, although I always appreciate it. Um, But the thing about shame is a lot of times when it's instructing me to do something, it makes no logical sense. So, like, I was having this bad Saturday, and I got on the phone with a friend, and I'm like, oh, you know, I put my gym clothes on and they're too tight and I don't really want to go to the gym. And, but then it, like, I speak out that part where it gets ridiculous. So I'm like, I just want to, like, maybe I'll move the toaster in my bedroom and I'll get, like, a box of Pop-Tarts and I'll just Netflix and Pop-Tarts all day long because that's going to fix the problem, right? So then we both get to laugh at my shame and usually I get to the gym. <laughs> 
So the fourth weapon that I propose against shame is worship. And this is not just for people like me that can clear a room with our singing. Um, <laughs> I do think there's power in worship. Psalms 102 says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. It helps me put my focus on God and how good God is. Um, like if I'm singing no longer a slave, I'm repeating the words, I am a child of God. And if I'm singing good, good father, I'm reminded of how good of a father he is and that I'm loved by him. It just really gets the focus up out of the shame. Okay, so I'm going to keep it real though. I'm not standing here in front of you saying, I've mastered shame, I'm really good at battling, watch me do this. Um, it's an ongoing battle, and that is why this message is not titled Victory Over Shame or Four Steps to Squash Shame Forever. Um, in fact, yesterday actually ended up being a really good example of how we can use these weapons. So I'm just going to walk you through a little bit of that to show you what it might look like. Um, so in the morning, right off the bat, I was just met with, who are you to preach? Are you kidding me? You're going to stand up and try to give people advice. You still struggle. And then even, I hate that I even went there, and I hate to admit it, because I love my church, and I want as many people to experience restoration as possible. But there was a part of me that was like, I hope not a lot of people watching on Facebook. People <laughs> 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 like can be really mean. <laughs> um, and I did have the discernment to see, to see, okay, this is shame. I'm being attacked right now by shame. But I have to admit, I made a decision in that moment not to battle it. Um, it's, been, it's been a hard couple weeks, and I'm exhausted. And sometimes I get sick of fighting. And I just want to curl up in bed, maybe go grab some Pop-Tarts, and just let it win. Um, but then all four of these weapons ended up coming into play. And luckily for me, the first one came to me. It was community. I have just this beautiful community of Holy Spirit-led women, and the text messages and the phone call started to come in, and I was able to speak out the shame, and that it helped big time. It didn't totally, I wasn't done with it for the day, but it broke off enough of the shame for me to do two things, to do the next step for the day, to make breakfast, actually I lucked out and Belle came in and made it, but I started <laughs> making breakfast. <laughs> And then the other thing it did was it, it made me switch my mind frame. I said, yeah, I'm going to battle this today. Shame is not going to win my day. Yeah. Um, so then a little bit later, I still caught myself being a little mopey around the house. But then I'm like, okay, you're teaching this? Use it. So out loud, I said, I am a daughter of the Most High. And I stood a little bit taller. Yeah. So then I was able to get to the point where I'm like, okay, we got to go into town. Time to get ready. So, um, I love listening to worship music, but up until recently, I've kind of been like, I'm either in the mood for it or I'm not. So if I'm not going to be singing along and jamming out, I just don't even turn it on. Well, this last month or so, I came to this place of like, I just need to have it on whether or not I can sing and, and be enjoying it. So I had it on in the background and by song three, I caught myself singing along. <laughs> and then by song four, I'm doing that like weepy worship music thing where I'm like, God is so good. <laughs> so that got me out of the house. Um, 
Still had a little bit of a battle, but I was out of the house. I was ready for the day. And then um, I caught myself. We were at Target, and I usually like to be the type of person where I'm like chatty with the checkout person, and I'm smile. If you catch eye contact, you're gonna get a little smile. And and I just wasn't there. I mean, I even did that thing where you're like coming down the aisle, and somebody else is coming down the aisle, and I'm like, if he thinks I'm moving over. He's got another one. You know, I don't even have a cart. This guy's got a cart. He's trying to, he's trying to like go through the grocery list, you know. But, you know, for the record, I did end up moving, but I honestly, I don't think he would have seen me. So, but then the shame came in and was like, do you think Pastor Rob plays chicken at Target? Like, you can't be behaving like this. And I thought, what if this guy logs on to Facebook tomorrow, watches this comment, and goes, yeah, she looks good up there, but you should see her target. So, so we survived, and everybody else survived target, so that was good. But um, then we were in line for our annual car wash, and um, part of the reason it's only annual is the line takes forever. But... Um, I was like, okay, I have time to kill. I'm just gonna open up my bottle app and I'm just gonna get in the word a little bit. And opening that up gave God the opportunity to give me a revelation that I needed in that moment. Um, I decided to go into 1 Samuel and read a little bit before Goliath. And a couple of things stood out to me yesterday that haven't stood out, stood out to me that way before. Um, the first one was that David was overlooked. So David wasn't even, his father Jesse didn't even put him in like the the lineup until everybody else was passed by. And that didn't resonate with me because other people overlook me, but it resonated with me because I'm so quick to overlook myself. Like, are you sure you want me to do that? It's probably somebody better to do that. But God knew what he wanted to use David for. And so I'm trusting that God knows that what he wants to use me for. And the other thing that really struck me was the part where um, Samuel anoints David to be the king, and it says the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on him. And I'm like, okay, yeah, so he had that when he went into battle. I'm like, wait a minute, that is the same spirit that lives in me. As a believer in Jesus Christ, I have that same Holy Spirit. So that got me feeling pretty good. But it didn't get me all four of the weapons to use for this opportunity, so I had to feel a little bit more shame. So, um, so I, I get Belle dropped off, and I have this whole day ahead of me. And I'm like, oh. Usually that's an opportunity where I go to the gym, I get this done, I get that done. And I really think I should go to the gym, but I still kind of think I could just lay in bed all day. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm having this pros and cons conversation in my head. Okay, I'm going to open it up to God. So I just said, God, I just want to stay in bed all day. And I didn't get a, oh, this is what you need to do. It was just a, Hillary, I love you. I love you. And the shame was gone. And all of a sudden, it was just, who are you? Are you the per Like, at the end of the day, if I lay in bed all day, I'm not happy about that. That's not the life I want to live. I'm the person who goes, oh, my gosh, I have gym time without an end time. I could stay there for two hours if I wanted. I didn't. I didn't even stay an hour, but I went, and it was awesome. So, and then for the rest of the day, the shame was just gone. Um, the same friend called me later in the day and said, 
Oh, your voice, you sound totally different. So that's just um, an example of how we can use these weapons. And so um, I acknowledge that sometimes they can be heavy to pick up. It can be hard to battle. And maybe you feel like you battle so much shame that you don't know where to start. And so I would just encourage you to start with the Holy Spirit, start with God, and ask, God, is there one that I could start with? Um, I challenge you also to take some quiet time and to really imagine what your life would look like totally free of shame. What type of person would you be alone? How would you speak to yourself? What type of person would you be with others? What goals would you strive for? I want you to really imagine it and feel it. Because when I get tired of the battle, I may take a quick moment to see what happens if I do let my shame win. So if I'm battling shame thinking, okay, I haven't been to group for three weeks. If I go back in there, people might think I was drinking or they might you know, think, where has she been? If I give into that shame, it doesn't take me too long in that little visualization to see where that goes and it's not pretty. But then I like to visualize what my life looks like if I beat the shame. If I continue to do the things that I know will keep me sober, healthy, and connected to my community and to God. And if you really want to have fun with visualization, try to imagine what happens if you, call, if you follow the call that God has on your life. That can be pretty cool. I also encourage you to take a little bit of time to find some go-to verses that you can store in your heart for when shame comes at you. So Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. David isn't fighting just for David, and we don't fight shame just for ourselves. God has a wonderful plan for your life, and it impacts others. So God has a beautiful plan for you, every single one of you. Don't let shame hold you back from that. Show up with your slingshot and the Lord of Heaven's armies and engage in the battle. Please pray with me. Oh Lord, thank you so much for finding a way for us to gather today. I ask that you give us all discernment to see clearly, to see shame clearly for what it is. That you would convict us where we need convicting and that you would show us the lies that we are believing. Please give us a desire to be in your word, Lord. To store your word in our minds and hearts so that we could recall them when we need them. I also ask for you to give us courage, endurance, and persistence to fight the battle against shame to keep showing up, to turn to and to trust you, God. And I just ask that we would be so overwhelmed with the feeling of the beautiful love that you have for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.